Hello and welcome to Spring Office Hours, episode number 61, or as we are calling it now, the season two finale. My name is Dan Vega. I'm a spring developer advocate at Broadcom. With me, as always, is my good friend, Deshaun. Deshaun, how are you doing today, sir? It's I'm, I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful now. It's fun. Uh, we get to come on and we get to hang out a little bit before uh, the show starts. Uh, I love seeing our friends from all over the globe uh, joining us. It feels good. We've got this wonderful community. And then I start to see this community kind of sprinkle and spread out to our other yeah. communities. And yeah. it's just wonderful. So I'm happy uh, that I've got uh, friends here that are joining us from all over the place. And yeah, it makes me smile. And yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping right now, I'm hoping that this community is enjoying taking stuff to production with spring half as much as I am. Because if they're enjoying it half as much as I am, man, I, I know that they're having a blast and they're having a great time. All right, so we are here live uh, on YouTube. If you don't know, uh, we run this live stream weekly. Uh, if you want to find out more, head over to springofficestars.io. We will have some information. We might be changing some things up in the new year. We'll talk about that uh, as we get into it today. But this is also a podcast. So if you are on the go and you want to listen to us on the treadmill, on the bike, in the car, in the train, wherever you get your podcasts, you can do so. Check us out, Spring Office Hours. And one thing I haven't asked for yet, Deshaun, is if you could leave us a review on these podcast platforms, that really helps us out, gets us in front of more people. That would be appreciated. Uh, and I would like to commend you. Speaking of the podcast, you have done such a good job of taking our stream and turning it into a podcast. And I want to thank you because uh, it's what I, my kids ask. Like, hey, can we listen to one of the podcasts? <laughs> like, fantastic. And I've noticed the quality of the podcast continues to improve. Thank you so much for doing that. Oh, uh, you're quite welcome. It's been a fun year. We've done a lot of fun things this year. We'll, we'll get into that. That's what we are here to do today. Uh, this is our season two finale. This is the second year that we've been doing it. We've kind of numbered these episodes, but came to the, the idea that this is the second season. Our first season was a little rough. Like we were getting used to it. We're trying to figure out where we were going with things. I think we've improved on a lot of things in season two. This is our finale. Next episode will be in the new year in 2024. We'll call that season three, episode one. So what we're going to do today is take a recap of everything that happened in season two, a.k.a. 2023. Fantastic. As always, put your questions in chat. We'll, we might not get to them immediately, but put them in the chat. We'll answer them as we can, as we get to them. Uh, we love it. If you come to my house for dinner and you leave hungry, that's your fault. If you come here to spring office hours and you've got a question and you don't ask, that's your fault. So get your questions into the chat and we'll try to get to them. Oh, I see some comments in here about the new REST client. I was just on a uh, webinar with our friends over at Azul talking about some of the new things in Spring Boot 3.2, one of which was the REST client. And uh, yeah, it's fun talking about all the new things. Sandra um, says, I struggled with two things and the docs weren't helpful. How to pass your parameters and how to change timeout values. Um, so I don't know how are the docs not helpful. I'm pretty sure that they go into this. So one of the th so basically anything that you're going to configure, you can configure when you create the new REST client. Uh, so I'd have to look at so how to pass URL parameters. So Here's another this might so, help out. No, no. So any advice 
and migrating. They're migrating from web client to REST client, and they're looking okay. for the one-to-one. So, so there's not always a one-to-one. I did get a question about like the OAuth 2 handshake that happens in web client but doesn't happen in REST client. Yes, there's not always a one-to-one. Um, but let me let me take that offline and see if I can't come up with some answers. The URL parameters should be pretty straightforward. Uh, because you you create a base URL and then you're sending a say a GET request to a particular URI, you just pass it in the URI. So uh, yeah, let me take that offline. I'll see if I can come up with uh, an example, but those should be pretty straightforward. I'll see if I can't come up with something. Yeah, Sandro said that it was URL builder, but it just took them a long time to find it. So the gotcha. cool thing about the docs is the docs are open source, and if it takes. Issues if, if there's something that doesn't feel right, maybe that's something where we could go in and create an issue and maybe oh. create a PR as a better way of finding it, make it easier to find. And then he said, I didn't want to construct it using strings. Well, if you're on Java 21 and you're in preview mode, oh man, you get to start using the new string templates in Java 21. So this is the exciting part is everything's kind of changing going forward. So fun times. Good job. Cool. Like ask questions. So uh, before we get into kind of Season two recap. Uh, what have you been up to lately? I've seen that you've been doing a lot of streaming lately, which is I'm, exciting. I'm doing a lot of streaming. I'm trying to practice. I'm trying to get a head start on my my new year. So, yeah, I'm I'm streaming in the mornings. I get the kids on the bus. I come in and I sit down and I stream. And I'm just coding. Uh, I'm building things and I'm taking questions. Uh, I'm trying to be a little bit like Jitter Ted. Like I, I've referenced <laughs> Jitter Ted in. That there was a time where I was, you know, kind of heads down building things, uh, and I really enjoyed having Jitter Ted on in the background as just like somebody that's there. He thinks out loud, and he's, you know, going to production, and I'm always learning. So that's what I'm trying to do. I understand that there's a lot of people in a lot of different places, you know, in that journey uh, of their career, uh, and I just like to be able to chat and be a part of their journey in some small way, shape, or form. So I'm making myself available, and I'm having fun. That's awesome. Well, and, and and Ted has such a calming voice, and he's always so like even keeled. So I could see how that could be uh, relaxing. <laughs> so what have you what have you been uh, what have you been building on these streams? Um, so uh, I started off building some some tools around Twitch. I I enjoy watching people live code. So I started building some tools around Twitch, like. Uh, observability, right? Jonathan's here. He was asking about some customers that could help maybe with some roadmap. They're planning the next versions of Spring Boot right now, the next releases of Spring right now. And yeah, and it's observability. And Jonathan also kind of challenged me to do a PR. So I'm taking a lot of these observability tools for a spin. And I made this micrometer, uh, you know, let's expose some Twitch metrics uh, for Prometheus so that I could consume them someplace nice. else. So I did nice. that. And then I built uh, some YouTube integrations, right? We're doing this stream. Wouldn't it be cool if when we're done with the show, if I got an event uh, that said, hey, the show's done and here's the video ID. And then I could go and do some interesting things around the show, right? I don't do the amazing production that you do yet. I'm working on it. But what I'm going to do is, hey, when I'm done with my stream in the morning, uh, I'm going to plug it into Spring AI and the Spring AI is going to tell me what's the best 30-second clip based on the yeah. transcript for me to create a clip that I can go and post on my, on my socials. But I'm doing this all in public and in, in the open uh, where the web hook 
listener, uh, passing data as a stream via Redis to some other Spring AI-enabled uh, resource that can generate a thumbnail, that can answer some questions based on AI, uh, the summary of the transcript, and just do some of these things automatic as a way of taking things to production. Uh, I plugged in REST docs, Spring REST docs, uh, so doing TDD things, running into issues, but just doing it in the open and answering yep. questions along the way. So. Yeah, and I think what I love hearing about that is is that that is like the best way to learn is to like start building stuff for yourself, uh, for your situation, for whatever you're doing that would benefit you, instead of going through some course that builds a recipe, you know, a recipe cookbook, and then have to like come back and apply it to whatever you're doing. I love that you're kind of building things for yourself and plugging in different technologies and learning them that way. So I think that is something everybody can learn from. Um, where do you stream to, Deshaun? Publicly? Yep. So in the mornings, uh, I'm streaming. So 8.30 to 10.30 Central. Uh, I've been streaming to Twitter, uh, to LinkedIn, to kick.com, to Twitch, and to YouTube. So on YouTube, I'm at Deshaun. On twitch.tv, I'm Java Grunt. Um, but yeah. Join in, have fun. So Jonas is right here. Jonas, uh, somebody that found my stream from the spring office hours, came and joined my stream. And now Jonas is building these things along with me, giving me this great feedback. Great story from last week. My streams were going, I'm, I'm building things. And Friday's come and I'm, I've run out of time, but I didn't do the thing that I was hoping to do. We were connected. We thought we were connected. We thought we were verified, but the events weren't coming through. On Saturday, outside of the stream, Jonas sends me a message. He's like, hey, I think I might have found the problem. And I'm coaching basketball and watching my nieces <laughs> play basketball and I'm, I'm updating things. I'm like, it works. I'm like, this is the whole like thing with this community and we're building things together and we're getting this feedback. And I just, I love it. I love what we've done here. Like, I love that Jitter Ted is here on the regular. Now Jonas has been here on the regular and then Jonathan is here on the regular. I love that we've got this. It's been wonderful. Awesome. Lots of great comments coming through. Thank you, everyone, for doing that. Uh, yes, Ted says the community is awesome. I agree. Uh, we had a question on here, and I think we have an answer already. So can the community create examples to submit to the Spring, spring team to use in the docs? Like, hey, the documentation was great, but I'd really like to see an example to back up that doc, like we just talked about with the REST client. And Jonathan came through and said, yes, PRs are always welcomed. We have examples in the docs and samples. So, and for those of you that don't know, Jonathan is one of the engineers on the Spring team. Yes. So we're getting this, yeah. It's, Spring is open source. Spring is all about community. It's, the community is the best part of Spring. So yeah, bring bring in your documentation. I I was happy I got to commit just a documentation change for Cilium a couple of weeks ago, a CNI. Uh, nice. There was just one thing that just didn't make sense to me. There was a part that was missing as I was reading the documentation. This is what I saw. This is what I expected, but this was missing. And just doing a PR, I still get excited. Even if it's just a documentation, I added one little paragraph. I still get excited and I get joy out of providing and getting a PR merged into open source. And that's actually where Jonathan was like, you're not going to give me a, a observability PR. I'm working on it, Jonathan. I'm working on it. I have one that's ready, and I just got the updates. So awesome. 
That'll be fun. We'll have to put that in the show notes when it gets there. Cool. So I have uh, a bunch of topics we could talk about as far as recapping season two, aka the year that was 2023. And I'd stop. I thought we'd start back in November. Uh, we were fresh, or back in January, we were fresh off the heels of a November release. Big release happened at the end of 2022, which was Spring Boot 3.0. Kind of moved the baseline to JDK 17, everything that came with 3.0. And that's really how we started the year off, because I know you and I both just started talking as much as we could about everything that was 3.0, whether it was AOT or JDK 17 or observability updates with Jonathan. Um, so that was a big theme to start the year off. What, uh, what kind of strikes you first when you hear Spring Boot 3.0? Right, it, that, that release... November 2022 really set the tone for my entire year. Uh, this constant conversations about how do I upgrade and how do I get to the latest greatest. I want to be on that. You, people see Josh Long demonstrating all the cool new stuff, and then they look at their code base and they were they were behind. They weren't able to upgrade to Java 17. They weren't able to upgrade, and that's what most of my year was was all about upgrading and how to help those workloads uh, get up and, yeah, get the value out of all the latest and greatest features. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a huge release. Um, oh, there's Jonathan. I started as a contributor of Micrometer by changing two characters in the docs. There it's you go. It's wild to think about you know, where he is now and what he's done for our community, and it started by changing two characters in the docs. Yeah, uh, while we're talking about that, it's funny that we, we've had a couple conversations this year with the Spring team. So, you know, just, just mentioning Jonathan there, we, we talked to Spencer Gibb when we were in Detroit. Uh, we talked to Oliver Dropbomb in uh, not, not too long ago, maybe just a month ago. Um, and both of them had similar stories like, hey, I was working on this thing. I saw this thing Spring was doing. I committed some code, and next thing I knew, I was on the spring team. So uh, not to, not to saying that that has to be your end goal, but if that is a goal, you know, that's a path that you can take. So, um, yeah, uh, just being uh, – I, I got to admit, I need to, like, find a way to get uh, more involved as well as far as contributions. But, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be, like – even if it's that two characters, you have that small little, like, feeling of, like, yeah. I'm a part of this project now, like, like I did that. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, and comments like this, like, this is how awesome. Just want to let yeah. you both know your energy is infectious. Just makes me want to go code some more. Like that's nice. awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks to Deshaun. Thanks to you, Deshaun. Started learning Java and we'll start spring boot soon. Tooks. Yes. Thank you. Like, this is yeah. great to hear. We love that it. That is great. And that's, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm here. Like I, I'm, I'm happy that Spring Team has done amazing things for my career, and I am excited. I want to share with everybody all the cool ways that it makes it easy to get to production. And I get excited when I hear people saying like, "Oh yes, this this made my job easier." Oh, I I enjoy going to work now. I enjoy taking things to production now. I love that that kind of feedback. Yep. So I got another question here. I'll go ahead and pull this up. Uh, because we should talk about it anyway. It's part of 2023. It says, will the rate of update for spring projects slow down now that the merger has been completed and layoffs are occurring to several of the spring developers? Let's so, 
Good question. Um, so yeah, so part of 2023, uh, we knew this acquisition uh, with Broadcom was going through the entire year. Uh, we were kind of like you, just waiting to see you know, what was going to happen, when it was going to happen. Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, as a part of an acquisition, layoffs are going to happen. Uh, we knew that going in. We didn't know what the extent of it would be. Uh, I don't know what the future of spring is. The the higher ups don't tell us. We're just uh, we're just the uh, hand wavers right here talking to you right now. But what everything that I've been told is expect spring to keep moving forward. Spring's going nowhere. Uh, spring is very much a part of Broadcom's strategy going forward. Uh, it's a very prominent one at that. Uh, I know Pranima, who heads the Tanzu division at Broadcom, has said that publicly, so I'm not saying anything uh, that's not out there. Um, spring is very important, and we'll start to see more of that uh, in the new year, but I think that that's all I have an answer to. Like, It's going to keep moving forward. I don't know how layoffs affect things like rate of change, but like I know that it's very important and it's going to continue to move forward. I know where the confusion is. The confusion is we always go to calendar.spring.io <laughs> and we haven't done that yet. And if you looked at the calendar, you're like, what is this week where there's no releases? What is happening next week? Why are there no releases? And you might get confused. But I'm here to tell you that the releases are coming. After the holiday, we're, we're going to continue bringing you more releases. Each of these teams still has releases and still has a roadmap. And you can see it here at calendar.spring.io. That's it. Cool. I can um, see where confusion could happen. Yep. Yep. I can see that. But yeah, looking forward to it. So that was a big story in 2023. Uh, the acquisition that has closed, we can kind of move towards the next ch next chapter. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the future holds. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Fantastic. Jonathan um, yeah, gave you ahead. the big plus one. All right. So uh, Spring Boot 3.0 kind of took us into the new year. Uh, as we started moving to uh, kind of springtime, a new release was upon us, Spring Boot 3.1. Uh, there were a lot of kind of, I, I don't want to call them sneaky, but this was like a point release. So I didn't think of like, oh, there's going to be like a bunch <laughs> of new features. But man, uh, I think even 3.2 we'll get to like. These point releases have had a lot of really great features. So, uh, yeah, 3.1 was huge. Uh, started with some, some like, kind of developer experience DX-type improvements uh, when it comes to Docker Compose and test containers. So, Absolutely. Um, By far, test containers was the feature in 3.1 that really I was like, yeah, I, I kind of yep. latch onto one thing, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to dig into that. 3.0 yep. was the native AOT stuff. 3.1 was test containers. Yeah, and for me, Docker Compose, because I, I can't tell you how many times I went and started a Spring app and then go, oh, crap, I didn't run Docker Compose up yet. <laughs> like, uh, so, so yeah, those two features were uh, pretty prominent in 3.1. That was really kind of driven by the new connection de details interface and all the different implementations. Um, so the, that, that was really exciting to see. Um, Jitter Ted says, finally updated my app to use the Docker Compose feature. It's so awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say go back and I, I'm pretty sure we have a whole episode on 3.1. Go 
go back and take a look at that. One of the exciting things about that is we used to like, again, we will automatically start the container if we see that file and read from it. Um, but we also inject those properties into like a property source at runtime, which is really great to see. Uh, we, we talk a lot about uh, git clone run. That's one of the things that really gets me is like, when I download a project, I don't want to go through this 10-page document of how to set things up and get things running on my local machine. I just want to clone it to my machine and run it. And, and then I'm much more likely to contribute to your project or take a look at your project. If I have to run go, go through a 10-minute doc just to get things set up, then I'm less likely to do that. Here's the other thing, though. like If you're only watching... Dan and Josh and Cora and others on stage, if you're only watching them you, and you're saying like, yeah, I get clone run for, for open source projects. That's not where it stops. Think yeah. of onboarding. Think of the day yeah. that you started your current job and you wanted to get started in something. Think of Oof. how many things did you have to set up? How much infrastructure did you have to install on your laptop that wasn't there for you automatically? Wouldn't it have been cool to just be able to go, Oh, Hey, here I'm, I've got a Git repository and I can dig in and I can have it running with everything there. Like when I think of the Git clone run life and the test containers integrations, I think of how valuable that would be for onboarding somebody into your team, being able to move across teams. If you don't have to have all the infrastructure set up and you right. can get clone run, like that makes a big, big difference. God, I remember like a, a particular job I'm thinking of where it took me a legit four days to get a local environment up and running. Uh, on top of like the onboarding stuff with like the H, it was two weeks before I was like touching any code. I'm like, this is there's got to be an easier way to do this. So way. yeah, uh, something else with the test container support that came in 3.1 is we you know we used to do demos and we used to say like hey. This is cool, but now you got to do this like dynamic property source thing where you kind of inject the properties at runtime. Uh, no longer, no longer did you need to do that. Um, you know, the at service connection uh, annotation came with that, made the whole test containers uh, integration a lot easier. Jonathan, it was yeah. You know, he says it's also extremely useful if you have a bug and want to create a reproducer. Mm -hmm. Like boom, there it is. It's so nice. Right, yep. that I'm not I'm not forcing somebody uh, to install ten things in order to reproduce that bug. I can give it to them. Yep, it's good stuff. Um, something else that came in three point one was auto configuration for Spring authorization server. So if you've ever moved past kind of the basic stuff with Spring security and you needed like an actual authorization server. Spring authorization server was always there, but you had to go into the docs and like do this whole song and dance to get that thing configured, right? Now you can just go to start.spring.io, pick Spring authorization server and you're up and running. So that was really great to see. That project's been, you know, in the works for a while. 1.0 hit I think last year and and now we're at a point where we have uh an auto, you know, auto configuration and starters and all of that. So that was really great to see. Yeah, you bring up auto configuration and starters. Well, um, I'm going to circle back to that uh, because the Spring authorization server has, it's not just, you know, there and available for us on uh, start.spring.io, but it's also, there's tons of improvements in it. Right? Mm -hmm. the, the big thing is we talk about upgrading from uh, the 2.x to 3.x, 
one of the big things that people run into is problems around spring security. Like how do I upgrade my spring security? And the spring security team, they hear you. They've been making things easier for us along the way. They've made it so that you don't have as much configuration to do. So they've actually simplified a lot of things. Yeah, just, just as we're looking back, there's so many massive improvements across our ecosystem. It's been nice. Um, all right. Just looking through some notes here. So, yeah, I mean, there were some other things, but those were kind of the highlights of Spring Boot 3.1. Um, just looking through like some of our top shows. So we talked about that and that. Um, yeah. One of the other things that happened this year that was really big was the release of Java 21. So it's crazy that like we were just talking about Spring Boot 3.0 being released last year and us baselining on JDK 17. And I remember when that was being announced, people kind of, whoa, that's pretty aggressive. Why are, you, why are you moving to JDK 17 as a baseline? And here we are, you know, a few months later talking about the release of the next LTS, which was JDK 21. So um, JDK 21 brought uh, some really great features. We did a whole show on that. So if you're interested, uh, go back and take a look at that. None of which uh, has been bigger than Project Loom and Virtual Threads, which the more we get out and talk to customers and talk to people using uh, Java and Spring, you know, I said this on on a webinar a podcast earlier today, and I, I'm reluctant. I, I don't say this lightly, but I think JDK 21 might be one of the most important releases in the history of the JDK. And I realize that's a lot because there are things like JDK 8 and JDK, you know, there are a few versions, a couple things that come to mind. But with 21, it really solves, like uh, with virtual threads, it really solved a scalability problem that maybe saw people or developers looking to other solutions uh, for certain types of workloads. And uh, when we get into, when we talk about concurrency and scaling, uh, applications that are blocking, such as like talking to a database or a service over HTTP, virtual threads came in and really provided a solution for that. So yeah, uh, that that really was like the headliner for JDK 21 for me. I agree. And one of the things that I've realized this year, uh, I think I had it, you know, I was, I was a person that was, you know, validating my assumptions, uh, but that's this year, with the JDK moves and people like, oh, upgrade, I had support over here on, on this Java 8 version. Uh, I don't have a supported version of, of Java 17 or Java 21 to go to. So these conversations around choosing your JVM became much more important. And I was involved in a lot more of those. By far more this year than any other year uh, previously, partially because of uh, my position, but also because of the value of the JVM and what we're showing. So. This idea, this phrase that I have uh, come to adopt is JVMs, JDKs are one size fits most, not one size fits all. You have options, and I think it's very important that you look at your options when you're making a decision on which JDK you're going to use. And I'll just leave it out there. But that's something I believe in strongly. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's a great point. 
Um, so talking virtual threads, uh, you know, I was talking about this today as well. If we go back to Spring Boot 3 and we go to Spring Boot 3.1 and 3.2 and 3.3 coming next year, one of the things I've been talking about lately was kind of this bucket of runtime efficiency, right? So we saw in Spring Boot 3.0 the AOT transformation, uh, which was the kind of precondition for GraalVM native images. Uh, 3.2, we've seen virtual threads. We saw initial support for Project Crack, coordinated restore at checkpoint. Uh, we're seeing initial support for Project Laden coming later next or early next year in Java 22, maybe. So a lot of the, the efforts that both the JDK and the Spring team have been working on are kind of bulked it, bundled into this idea of runtime efficiency. And you and I have been talking to customers for the last two years about this, and it's 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 all it's all about being able to provide a solution for those different types of workloads that people are putting into production because not everybody puts you know the next Facebook into production that is just this huge application that is always up and running taking high throughput and uh, always kind of responding to that right we are, we were we are developing code in a day where. We are working with different types of applications, and we have different requirements for each of those applications. So it's really great to see JDK and Spring kind of have an answer for, for all of those. Can, you, can we go back to Project Layden? Yep. What is Project Layden? Help me, because there's a bunch of these projects, and I get confused about which one is bringing what to the JDK. Uh, that's a good question. We would have to go look that up. I know that um, uh, over on the spring.io blog, if you want to go ahead and pull that up, uh, if you want to pull the spring.io blog up, there should be a recent uh, addition, uh, recent blog post. Uh, are you? Sh can you share? I will, yep. All right. Uh, if we look, the... Uh, where is this? Go... This on the first page? No. Here, let me go ahead and paste this in here for you and for everyone else. This was a uh, blog post by Sebastian Deleuze on CDS with Spring Framework 6.1. So this is already something that's in there. Uh, one of the discoveries that they made with JDK's class data sharing. Um, so they, they already had like initial uh, uh, work on that. So that was part of their exploration of product project-laden optimization. So I am with you. I don't know a ton about it. Uh, so... But Excellent. that blog post uh, is something, if someone's interested in learning a little bit more about another optimization you can take, uh, that's something I would look at. Fantastic. So, yes, I, I believe I've seen his demo uh, and some of the things that he's showing uh, Yeah, recently. So, yes, I was just confused. Like, Let me make sure. And I know. I don't have all the answers. I don't know it all. Yeah. Yeah. No, but sometimes either. it's nice to remind ourselves. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it's just cool to to see the all the different options out there. Uh, I, you know, we you know we've also been building CLI tools with Spring now, and building native images so that we can use these tools on our machines and they run fast and take less less memory. So yeah, we we have an answer for everything now, which is which is fun. Well, this is something that I don't know that we've we've talked a whole lot about. Uh, we definitely had Mark Pollock on, uh, but the CLI tools. 
where we're taking spring. I saw Josh Long did a recent uh, video on native spring for the desktop using spring or swing, right? On the desktop, native images, like how cool. We talked about already, yes, the JVM continues to improve. We can take Java into more places than ever before. And we have all of these brilliant use cases. And now fun fact, like everything that's old is new again. People are going back to these old use cases and they're bringing it back because, because it works. And because Java is awesome. And because yep. Spring is awesome. And we keep on doing these things. But now Spring CLI, another project that recently graduated from experimental to, uh, to not, uh, is another awesome project. And I had, it's top of mind. I, I use these things. Spring CLI uh, gives us these abilities a little bit kind of like initializer, but we can take it one step further. We can not just give ourselves a baseline uh, of a project. We can actually start putting in code. We can start putting in examples of code. And if, if you pay attention conceptually, you can start to say, hey, I want Spring CLI to tie into some rag, some retrieval augmented generation with Spring AI, and I can start to generate code examples. Maybe from, you know, the, maybe that uh, it's based on our current portfolio. Maybe I can have it digesting my current um, portfolio of, of Git repos and helping me generate code. So we're getting these little bits and pieces that combined with what the JVM is doing, we're, we're opening up the doors for new amazing use cases and the spring team continues to make our job easy and fun. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think you mentioned it for the spring CLI, but also the spring AI project moved out of experimental and is now under the kind of top level products projects. So that's really exciting to see um, as well. So if you're yeah. not aware the spring, uh, I feel like maybe that's the most popular, getting the most updates because it feels like every single time I go and look, uh, I'll pull yeah. this up. It's every changing. single time I go up, <laughs> the the last commits are hours. They're they're not days. <laughs> there's always a last commit within a couple of hours, and every single day that I go look at it, there's a commit that's hours. It is well. It's, it's pretty hot right now. And maybe we have the. We have the privilege of being on a Slack with the, the, the team. So we see all the communications that are going on. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of exciting things happening there. So that is definitely going to be on one of our things to look out for in 2024. We'll cover that and a whole bunch more in our season three, uh, episode one, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah. Um, so Java 21 also had a lot of exciting features. If you're interested in finding out about those, uh, you can obviously read about them, but if you want to go back and check out our episode on that, that would be great as well. So Java 21 comes out and guess what was just released, uh, over Thanksgiving. I know, I know the answer to this one. You know, I know the answers, but I want, I'm going to wait. Let's see yeah. if our community knows every six <laughs> months we're getting a new version of Java also, every six months, we're getting a yep. new version of something else. Spring Boot. Spring Boot. And Spring Framework. Spring Framework. Spring Framework's every year. Spring oh, yeah. Boot will come out every six months. 
Right, right. So Spring Framework hit 6.1. Spring mm -hmm. Boot hit 3.2. And in there, we had a bunch of exciting new features. Spring Boot 4. <laughs> Spring Boot 3.2. Um, yeah, so we had a bunch of exciting features, one which was being able to pick up Java 21, uh, JDK 21, and virtual threads. So now if you want to enable virtual threads, since it's out of preview, you can pick up Spring Boot 3.2. If you are building a blocking type of application where I'm talking to a database, I'm talking to a service over HTTP, I'm writing to an input stream, now you can just go in and one little property change spring.virtual.threads.enabled equals true. You have now turned on virtual threads and you have an answer to some of those scaling problems that you'll run into uh, in those larger throughput applications. So if you're building Spring MVC applications and uh, you've kind of hit some of those walls and, and have looked at other solutions for simply scaling the application, whether it's hardware vertically or horizontally, or uh, reactive programming as a solution to that problem. Now you have another solution, which is virtual threads, and it couldn't be easier to turn on. And one of the things I'm most excited about is you don't have to change your code. We're not asking you to go back and rewrite your applications to take advantage of this. Flip a property and you can take advantage of it. So that's exciting for me. It's good. Like upgrade is good. So I've been on this this rant, not a rant, but a, this journey Mission. with you. Mission, yeah. Right? I want you to be upgraded. Uh, I could show you, I do it 20 times a day. If you don't upgrade, if you're running on Java 8, and you're not on Java 20, and you have this path, we're showing you how to do it. Upgrade your JVM first. You're going to get a performance improvement. Just by upgrading, you don't have to change any code, just by upgrading your JVM when you can. Upgrade that JVM, you're gonna get a performance improvement. If you're a company that, that would like to save some money, like this is it. If you're not doing it, you're leaving money on it, you're wasting money. Free money. Period. Free money. So another thing, the, the Spring Team has made this easy. If you are worried or you've got interest in how do I upgrade, we have something for you. We have this spring health assessment report. You can go here, here's the URL, I'll put it into the chat. If you'd like to like get some insight into how, what your journey is gonna look like, what it's gonna look like, uh, what things to look out for, there's a sample report here. You can sign up for early access here, but it's just a free tool to help you Understand where your your application is at, the Spring Health Assessment Report, and you're getting it here. Here's the URL. Go sign up. You're going to get a PDF that shows you and gives you insight into your usage of Spring, and it might help you in your upgrade process. We don't want you to waste money, period. We want you to be on the latest and greatest and get to use all these cool features. I've, I've been calling it sweet and sour. Right. Josh goes out, our, our colleague Josh Long goes out and he shows everybody all the cool new stuff that's in all the new releases. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sweet part. And then they go back to their repository. And if they're not on the latest and greatest, then there's a little bit of sour. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm on Java 8 and I'm, I'm still on Spring Boot 2.2. That's where I like to lean in. But this is a tool that can help you get off the old versions, get onto the new versions. We want you to get all that benefit. And yeah, it's not as hard as you think. We've talked about 3.0, 3.1, 3.2, and I think one of the things uh, we've heard from customers, you know, 
all year was, hey, we want to upgrade. What does that upgrade path look like? What are some of the things that you've been hearing from customers on how to make that upgrade? What are what about what have been some of the challenges? You know what? Um, I I've been sending out a clip from Spring One, uh, from uh, Joachim, from Fiserv, where he was able to go up on stage and he was talking about one of their core uh, products in one of their core softwares inside and of their they're company. They're a big their company. They're, they're a pretty big company. They take a lot of. And he was on stage at Spring One and he was able to say that their team was on the latest version of 3.1. Four, I believe it was, or three point one point two, whatever it was. But he was on stage and he was sharing that his app, this portfolio, this big A application, was on the latest and greatest version of Spring. Yep. We are out there working with customers. Every every organization is a little bit different. Yep. But but there's things. There's Spring Boot Migrator. There's Spring CLI that we talked about a little bit ago. Uh, there's Open Rewrite and the Open Rewrite recipes and how they can integrate into all these things on yep. your path to production. The nice thing is, is what I look at software today. Again, I, I'm biased because of my pers- what I've been doing this year. Yep. When I look at software, the first thing I do is I look at how easy is this going to be to maintain? Not the code clarity and how it's written, but the, the dependencies. One of the benefits, one of the things I love about Spring Boot is that parent palm gives me that guarantee, that confidence that the dependencies that I'm pulling in from mm-hmm. the Spring team are going to be compatible with each other. Just that is benefit to me. Yep. But then the third-party things, the other things that I'm bringing into my product, am I doing it in a way that it's going to be easy to upgrade? One of the things that I've seen the most this year is people tearing apart those internal wrappers. Yeah. Right? The thing, the, the my org wrapping around some other library with some defaults. Right. And I've seen people tearing those apart because they become blockers to your upgrades. The the parent palm, the, the my org parent palm that just inherits from the spring boot parent palm becomes a blocker to the yeah upgrade. yeah yeah and i think um one of the things that i've noticed in talking with some customers about this is just seeing so, like sometimes it's easy sometimes it's not mm, uh, if there's a customer on like JDK 7 or JDK 8 and they have to upgrade all these like they say hey we can't move off of this because it's like mission critical and I think our conversations have been okay let's learn from this let's not get in this position again right Let, let's not make our mission critical applications that are holding up our businesses uh, be back 10 11 versions of the JDK which you said before every version gives you performance improvements, security benefits. So you're 10.11 versions behind on all of those things. And then it just makes it really hard to upgrade to the latest and greatest when you need to take advantage of something like virtual threads or AOT that is going to save you a lot of money. So I think the biggest thing is that I, I understand that, especially in large companies, you, you just can't flip a switch and move to the latest version today. But if you could have a plan in place, knowing that, the JDK is released every six months. Knowing that spring is released every six months, just come up with a plan. Like, hey, one year from that release, we want to be on it. Um, and to. I think that will save you in the long run. You, so in the long, long ago, we didn't have to worry about that. But now companies are being looked at. The scrutiny is there. The transparency is there. If you're not staying current on these things that you're taking on production, you're putting your position, your team, your or get risk of something bad. Yeah. Right? The job, you know, change is happening. 
business is moving. The, the speed of business has changed. I like to quote Pranima when she says, we're in the age, open AI goes from zero to 100 million users <laughs> in four months. Yeah. And then she follows it up with one of the world's most popular banks goes bankrupt in two days. Yeah. The speed of business has changed. The, the time between release and taking that new release to production is important. And you should start yep. measuring it and working to improve it. Yeah, you know, another side effect that I've I've seen of this is um, like let's say a company just is stagnant on Java 8 and some libraries and everything that they're using. It's getting harder to attract and retain developer talent these days. And if you're deciding between choosing between two companies, one is running JDK 8 and uh, a whole bunch of proprietary software versus this other company over here who's on JDK 21 using Spring Boot 3.2, uh, for me, that'd be an easy choice. Like, I'm definitely going to go the other route. So, also something to probably keep I in lean mind. into that too. Like, is that the same for everybody in the audience? Like, like if, if you are. You'll give them the option. You got two offers on the table. One says, yeah, we're good on Java 11 and Spring Boot 2.7. <laughs> and the other one says, yeah, we've been on Java 21 for two out of the last three months. And Pfizer. we're adopting <laughs> Spring Boot 3.2. Like, yeah. does that make a difference? Does that influence? I feel like it does. I, I feel like so. if I've got an org and I'm trying to attract the best talent, that would be something that I would want to do. And I would yep. be proud to share yeah. to attract hey, the best talent. Hey, we have an upgrade plan. Like you're not always going to be stuck on some li like long version that was released 10 years ago, right? So yeah, I think that's important. Cool. Um, so we're still talking Spring Boot 3.2. We talked about virtual threads. That was kind of the big headliner. Some other things in this release, uh, Project Crack, we talked about. Uh, Deshaun and I did a video on Project Crack. If you haven't seen it yet, head over to my YouTube channel. Uh, just another way of kind of optimizing for different workloads, in that case, startup time. Um, something else that came in 3.2 were the new client abstractions. And uh, this was really exciting to me. So there's a JDBC client and a REST client. And this is all about providing some type of abstraction, right? I did a video on this too on like kind of the progression that you go through and like talking to a database in Java. There's a lot that goes into that, right? And Spring has always provided some level of abstraction for you so that you didn't need to think about some of those low-level things. Um, JDC, JDC, JDBC template came out, you know, early on, and we've kind of been using that. Um, if you look at the JDBC template, it is overloaded with tons and tons of methods. Uh, it's a little confusing at times when you go look at the JDBC template, like, which one do I use? Then there's another level of abstraction on top of that, which is spring data, um, Sometimes people, if I'm bringing someone over from another language or another framework and they just want to write some SQL, Spring Data might be a little bit too much at first, right? Like I just want to introduce, how do I talk to a database? So if they reach for JDBC template, might be a little confusing. JDBC client is a new abstraction on top of that that gives you this really easy to understand API that is fluent. And no longer do you you don't you still can, but um, you don't need to like write all these row mappers and like understand what that is. You can just say, "Hey, here's this query. Here's this type I want to convert it to." If if Jackson's on the class path, it can do that for you. And then, oh yeah, give me back a list of those things. 
And so when I'm looking at that code, it's very easy to read. It's very easy to understand. And uh, I, I really enjoy that. So that's the JDBC client. On the same side, the REST, temp, uh, the REST client is the same thing. Like we've had ways to communicate with other services in the past. Started off with the REST template in a Spring MVC blocking application. We learned a lot from that. We moved over to the web client in a reactive stack. We saw a lot of people bringing in the reactive stack into their MVC apps just to take advantage of the web client because it was so nice to use. And out of that, and with virtual threads coming, uh, the REST client was born. And it really gives you this nice fluent API to be able to talk to other services in your Spring MVC apps. And uh, another episode we did with Olga and Rawson, uh, either last week or a couple weeks ago, we talked about HTTP interfaces. And yeah, so a lot has come into 3, 3.2 in the form of kind of, for me, developer productivity, and just like the right level of abstraction for wherever you are in your journey into building applications. So good. We're here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, for me, the big things are, are more, I don't know what, what bucket I'd put it in, the runtime efficiency bucket. That's yep. where I, I, I spend a lot of time on build packs and let's yep. get this thing to production. Let's get those production ready features implemented. Let's make sure that those things are there. And that's where I spend my time. Uh, so a lot of those Features I haven't really taken for a spin yet, but I'll tell you what, I've got plans. And guess what? This is being recorded. This is going to be on the podcast. Deshaun <laughs> Carter, when you listen to this in the future, are you a spring certified professional yet? Dan mm -hmm. Vega, how is your spring certified professional journey going? We, we both are, have a mission. We're both going to do it, right? I'm committed we, to doing it for 2024. Yep, I am too. So we'll talk about that on the new on the new year episode. But yeah, that is one of my goals is to is to, to hopefully shed some light on like, hey, this is uh, obtainable as long as you put the work in. We can get Spring certified, um, and hopefully, I don't fail because then I probably be out of a job. So uh, I'm gonna do my I'm gonna study. Maybe we could be study buddies. Yeah, study buddies. So I'm <laughs> that's one of those things. Uh, I'm grabbing. Uh, I'm studying with my son also, who's doing the spring Academy. Nice. Uh, but I'm also, we were talking about reactive. I'm, I'm finally going to like take a real effort and do more of this reactive style of programming. And I'm, I'm digging into Josh's book, nice uh, reactive spring. And I'm asking community members to, to do it with me. Like, let's go on this journey together. Thomas is here saying, yeah, Deshaun, when are you going to join the cool kids? Thomas is one of uh, the folks that we can reach out to. He's gone through the Spring Academy Pro and he's taken the test and he's become a certified professional and he's done it. And if you've got questions and you want to know a little bit more, Thomas has been a great resource. Look him up. He's a friend. He's been here. It feels like he's been here since day one of the spring office hours, uh, but he's been uh, wonderful and he's an awesome contributor in the community at large. So Thomas, thanks, I'm, I'm working on it. All right, um, so yeah, that was Spring Boot 3.2. Um, I'm just looking at some of our most popular shows this year, one of which was structuring your Spring Boot applications. So we really went through and talked about kind of how to organize your code, how that should be, you know, the different ways that developers kind of organize their projects. And it, what's interesting is you may not even know that you're organizing your project into a certain bucket, a certain, a certain way of architecting your application, but you are. 
Uh, so we talked about the different uh, different types of applications or different ways to structure them. We even had our friend Jitter Ted Ted Young on uh, on one of our shows to go ahead and talk about hexagonal architecture. Uh, we continued that on with Oliver when we talked about Spring Modulate. So if, you have, uh, if you're at all interested in learning about different ways to kind of organize your Spring applications, uh, we got you covered here. Go ahead and take, take a look at the archive, springofficehours.io. We are constantly asked about how to learn Spring. Where do I start? And just a second ago, I was referring to Spring.academy. Spring.academy is where you can go, where Thomas went, to get training on Spring. It used to be really, really hard to find and really hard. It was almost expensive. It was expensive, but it's just out of reach. You had to go to a training center. You had to do a, you had to jump through some hoops. You know, no, I'm not trying to like uh, shame uh, the process before, but the process <laughs> now is super duper easy. Yes. You can spend $299 for a year of access to the paid, the pro uh, content over on spring.academy. But with that, you get a voucher to take the test to become a spring certified professional. So you, a, a certification that you can put on your resume that if yep. you want to learn, I think the best place to start to learn spring is spring.academy and spring.io. And, and spring office hours. And spring office, of course. If you've got questions, <laughs> you're stuck on something, you come here. Yeah. But so yeah, that's, that's, that's great. where you start. That's where you can do it. It's never been easier to become a spring certified professional than it is today. So I'm going on that journey. Dan is also going to go on that journey. Yep. And join us. Cool. Uh, what is this? Let me see. I got a question here. Does virtual threads props make sense if I compile to Nada? Um, so... I don't, so it depends on where this native executable is going, right? Is this native executable going on a server somewhere where people are going to be sending requests? Then yes, it could make sense there. Mm -hmm. um, if, if, I'm, if I'm writing a CLI tool for my local machine that I compile to native, I don't think native thread, you know, uh, virtual yep. threads make much sense there. It depends it on doesn't what you're doing. If yeah. you're application is going to get value out of virtual threads. If you've got blocking operations, your app's going to get value out of virtual threads. You will get those virtual thread capabilities in your native image as well. Yep. So yeah, if it's going into production in a workload where you're taking in requests, uh, the thread per request model, um, yeah, it, it'll make sense there. And that's why it supports it. So, um, Cool. Fantastic. Um, okay. All right. We are we are coming up on it. Yes. We're getting there. Thomas, I see your question. I, uh, I'm going to take that offline because uh, I think there's some more questions uh, to be asked. Uh, so we'll do that. We've, we've got channels, and this is for everybody. You know, Thomas is VIP for sure. Uh, I've <laughs> met him in person, and I've seen him present. He's amazing. Uh, but we met here. We, we can have conversations. You know how to reach us. Dan, what's the best, place, the best place to reach you and find your socials and find all of your content? What's the best place to go to? DanVega.dev is my personal website. You can find all my information there, all of my videos and articles. That's the best place to go. 
Deshaun.com is mine. It's got my socials. It's got my blogs. Not as much as Dan, uh, but it's got uh, my my calendar. If you'd like 15 minutes or 30 minutes to sync on something, you can go and and yeah, open up a spot, find a spot on my calendar, and we can zoom and we can talk about whatever it is. So cool. Here we are. Uh, I got another question here. It says, "Perfect. Thanks." Is there some specific Spring Boot and Kotlin course that you can recommend? I have to be in the I have to be in the Kotlin boat too. Funny you say that. There, I don't. I can't think of one off the top of my head. But one of my other initiatives for the new year is going to be to learn Kotlin. I threw this out there. Some people answered. The people have spoken. I must learn Kotlin. Um, I just. I want to learn some of the things that Kotlin does, so that I can answer questions like this one when people are developing Spring Boot applications in Kotlin. Uh, so I'm going on that journey as well, as well as I have, I feel like I have a list of 50 things, but, um, that is going to be at the top of them. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little check-in maybe a couple months in and see where we are, but yes, join us in our next episode. So this is the last episode of the year. Our first episode is going to be on Tuesday, the second, I believe. I think so. Uh, I think so. Tuesday, January 2nd, same time, same bat channel. But Deshaun and I have been throwing around the idea of moving our show to Monday earlier in the day. And the reason we do this is usually when we travel, we travel, we don't travel a ton, but the both of us on different weeks, maybe going different places. So having us both uh, at home to record is, is, is a positive. And we're usually home on Mondays. So Monday's usually a travel day or a Tuesday is a travel day. Most of the time for me, Tuesday's been a travel day. So we might be moving to Monday. We're still kind of figuring that out, but um, yeah, so we might do that. So in that show, though, on January 2nd, we will talk about new year, new me. I love setting goals. What are you, really the ideas around like, what are you interested in? What do you want to learn more about this year? We're going to tell you what we're working on, things like Spring Academy and Kotlin for me and AI. Those are going to be some top of mind things, but we want to hear from you too, because if, if everybody's telling us they want to hear more about VOD and Flow, which we talked about last week, then that is something we will talk about uh, in the future. So, oh, look at that. He's got the shirt on. Yes, I, I do. Love I, I love it. I love it. Do you do this? Do you put on the shirt that aligns with what you're going to do in the day? Absolutely. Like if Yesterday, uh, I knew I was going to be digging into Redis, so I wore my Redis t-shirt. Of course, I'm always wearing spring socks. <laughs> like, And yeah, when I look in my, like, what am I going to do? Oh, today it was going to be bottom. I put that it's like, shirt on. It's like wearing the band t-shirt to the concert is frowned upon, but wearing, but, but wearing the spring shirt to the yep. spring off stars is not frowned upon. It's, yep. it's almost a request, uh, requisite. So. You know what? I, I should probably do that, especially the days <laughs> of recording. I should probably put that on. But yeah, uh, the idea is we want to hear what you guys want to learn in the new year too because yep. we'll definitely do that and cover those things as well. So before we kind of cancel out uh, or move out of this show, I want to just do something. I want to go ahead and thank all of the guests that we had on our sh show this year uh, because you guys are very important to us. We appreciate you coming on, taking the time to chat with us. I'm just going to rattle off some names, but know that you are way more important than the three seconds I'm giving you. Uh, Ryan Baxter, Nate Shuda, Spencer Gibb, Ken Cousins, Thomas Shuley, Mark Pollock, Ted Young, Oliver Dropbaum, Felipe, Felipe Gutierrez, Rasen Stoyakovich, Olga Sharma, 
Lawrence Lockhart, Simon Ver. How do you sell Verhoeven? Simon's lesson. Verhoeven. Simon Verhoeven. And if we forgot anyone, I am so sorry. But thank you guys to all of you who came on our show uh, as guests. You really helped make this show a special one this year. Absolutely. Cool. Um, So so we're done. So yeah. So we're done. Season two. What a great, you know, to think about all the things that have happened over the last 12 months. Yeah. What a journey. And to think about all the people that we've got to uh, meet and help grow. And yeah. And, and, and now we know so many more spring developer advocates. They, they might not work for Broadcom, but there yes. are so many more spring developer advocates that we see coming out of this community. And I love that yep. for us. I love that for you. I do too. Yep. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the new year. I'm looking forward to another year of this. Like we've grown so much this year and, and talked to so many people. And like you said, help so many people. The idea of putting this show together was really about helping Tell you know, talk to the community about what's going on in the spring ecosystem, and helping answer questions that you guys have. So, Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Celebrate Happy Hanukkah, um, whatever holiday you're celebrating right now. I wish you a happy holiday and a happy New Year. And we will talk to you in the New Year, Season Three, Episode One is the next one. Can't wait to see you guys. Have a great one. Yes, wonderful. Take care. <laughs>